Ayup me duck, which is the traditional Derby greeting to whoever we meet, whenever we meet them. And no, I don't actually know what Ayup me duck means, but who cares? Because what matters is that you're here and I'm here for the Art of Brilliance podcast series five, which is just a little bit different. So in this series, there are no guests. It's just you and I making a weekly commitment to 10 minutes or less. That's 10 minutes maximum per week every week for 52 weeks that you and I are committing to a personal relationship based on happiness and well-being. So time is short, let's crack on. Greetings, dear listener. Today's episode... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, start again. Greetings, dear listener. Today's episode is uh, a reading from a book that I wrote with my mate Paul McGee, Professor Paul McGee. And it's from a book called The Happiness Revolution, A Manifesto for Living Your Best Life. And towards the back of the book, there are um, a series of what, uh, what are called allegories. No, 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 I didn't know what an allegory was either. So, um, and we define it, uh, what an allegory is in the book. An allegory is, and I quote, a poem, play, picture, etc., in which the apparent meaning of the characters and events is used to symbolize a deeper mora- moral or spiritual meaning. So, essentially, it's a story with a meaning. Um, I'm just going to read it to you. It's called Big Apple, Big Heart. It's a story with a meaning. You've got to work out the meaning for yourself. That's the whole point of an allegory. So I'm literally going to read it and turn the pages as we go. Off we trot. Uh, By the way, I'm not going to do the New York accent. So it is actually the story of a New York cabbie. But you just kind of got to stick with my Derby accent here. Okay. What do you think of when I say New York cabbie? Go ahead, stereotype away. I'm guessing big yellow taxi, an iconic way of travelling in the Big Apple. And probably stressed out drivers who can be a bit rude. That last stereotype comes from the demands of the job. We're in New York City traffic 12 hours a day. Our passengers are often in a rush to catch a plane, to get to a theatre, or they're late for a meeting. It's unfortunate, but as cabbies, our customers often look down on us. The pay isn't great. If a customer starts on about politics or the weather or queues, we'll be sure to weigh in with our opinion. All right, already. I've been taxiing in New York City for 14 years. I've seen and heard it all, but here's a story of a fare that changed my life three years ago. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. I arrived at my last call of what had been a very busy shift. This was back in the day, pre-Uber. There was no app to tell the customer you'd arrived, so I did what cabbies did back then. I honked the horn. I waited two minutes and I honked again. Come on, come on, lady. I was exhausted. Since this was going to be the last ride of my shift, I thought about just driving away. But instead, I put the car in park, walked up to the door and knocked. Just a minute, answered a frail elderly voice. After a long pause, the door opened. A small woman in her 80s, maybe even in her 90s, stood before me. She was wearing a print dress and a pillbox hat with a veil pinned on it, like somebody out of an Agatha Christie movie. By her side was a small suitcase. Would you be able to help me with my suitcase? She smiled. It's a little on the heavy side. I entered her apartment and grabbed the bag. Heavy for her, maybe, but for a burly New York cabbie, it was a piece of cake. I noticed all the furniture was covered with sheets and the walls and shelves were bare. In the corner was a cardboard box filled with photos and glassware. The old lady wasn't going on holiday. She was moving out. All exhausted cabbies know that they like the last call of the day to be a straightforward affair. Quick, easy, with a generous tip. This one was shaping to be the opposite. 
but I've got an elderly mother and contrary to the movie, movie stereotype we New Yorkers, we can do empathy. I took the suitcase to the cab, then returned to assist the woman. She took my arm and we walked slowly towards the curb. Painfully slowly, I might add. She kept thanking me for my kindness. It's nothing, I told her. I just tried to treat my passengers the way I would want my mum to be treated. That was a half-truth. The full truth is that I provide extraordinary service if you, ca if you catch me on a good day. Otherwise, the pressures of city traffic, impatient customers and low wages grind me down and my service might seem a little surly. Anyhow, when we got to the cab, she gave me an address and asked, Could you drive through downtown? It's not the shortest way, ma'am, I answered, my eye on the clock, noticing my shift officially finished three minutes ago. Oh, I don't mind, she said. I'm in no hurry. I'm on my way to the hospice. Cue a very long sigh from me. I looked in the rear-view mirror. Her eyes were glistening. Mine too, to be fair. I don't have any family left, she continued in a soft voice. The doctor says I don't have very long. Note, my sigh wasn't an impatient huff, more of a do-the-right-thing intake and outtake of breath. I quickly reached over and shut off the meter. Again, not with a heavy heart, but with a kind one. What route would you like me to take? I asked. For the next two hours we drove through the, city, through the city, the other Big Apple drivers with their usual rushed and impatient selves, but not me. It was more of a cruise. She showed me the building where she'd once worked as an elevator operator. Imagine, back in the day, that was a genuine job. We drove through the neighbourhood where she and her late husband had lived when they were newlyweds. She had me pull up in front of a furniture warehouse that had once been a ballroom where she'd gone dancing as a girl. She smiled as she told me that her husband had asked her to dance in that very furniture showroom almost 70 years ago. Sometimes she'd asked me sometimes she'd asked me to slow down in front of a particular building or corner and would sit in the back seat just watching the neighborhood unfold, saying nothing. Then all of a sudden I heard, "It's okay to go now." We drove in silence to the address she'd given me. It was a low building, a small convalescent home with a driveway that passed under a portico. Two orderlies came out to the cab as soon as we pulled up. I opened the trunk and took out the small, small suitcase to the door. The woman was already seated in a wheelchair. How much do I owe you? she asked, reaching into a purse. Nothing, I said. You've given me a unique tour of New York. I've been to places I've never seen before. I should be paying you, I smiled. You have to make a living, she answered. There are other passengers, I responded, and almost without thinking, I bent and gave her a hug. She held on to me ever so tightly. You gave an old woman a little moment of joy, she said. Thank you. I squeezed her hand, and then... I squeezed her hand and then walked back to my cab. Behind me. I squeezed her hand and then walked back to the cab. Behind me, a door shut. It was a You gave an old woman a little moment of joy, she said. Thank you. I squeezed her hand and then walked back to my cab. Behind me, a door shut. It was the sound of a closing of a life. Right, now, that's the end of the allegory. But it's not quite the end of the story. Okay, so the reflection begins when the journey ends. So the store. This the, again, I'm just reading from the book. Okay, is it, I mean it's based on a true story. The story is powerful enough to leave right there. You you'll have your own thoughts and feelings about what you've just heard. You'll while you mull it over, it's worth refl reading the reflection of the taxi driver himself in his own words. I drove home lost in thought. 
For the rest of the evening I could hardly talk. What if that woman had gotten an angry driver, or one who was impatient to end his shift? What if that angry driver had been me? What if I had refused to take the run and had honked once and then driven away? After mulling it over for a hundredth time, I don't think I've done anything more important in my life than give that lady a final look at her city. We're conditioned to think that our lives revolve around great moments, but great moments often catch us unaware, beautifully wrapped in what others might consider a small one. An extraordinary moment was hiding in an ordinary day, and while I can't afford to offer free rides to every customer, I can offer world-class service to every customer. I figure the world is very good at making passengers feel hurried. They're always in a rush. I guess that's why they're sometimes a bit rude. My job has always been to get them from A to B. The difference is that nowadays every passenger gets a smile and a positive conversation. Every passenger. Every time. Gosh, that was harder than I thought. Until next time, dear listener, happy travelling. Thanks for listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell the world. A nice review would make our day. That's the very best way of getting like-minded people to tune into our very simple messages about happiness and human flourishing. If you've hated it, please keep quiet. Remember the world has enough negativity already. So be a lover, not a hater. Feel free to check out our training and the little shop of happiness at artofbrilliance.co.uk. Thanks again. See you next time for another amazing episode.